Welcome back to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. Had an interesting insight last week, Mark. Oh, so you were in New Zealand last week. I was week. In, in New Zealand. I was flying Don't over- Don't you saw the, like there was some blue sky? Is that what you- <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. New Zealand is a lovely place. So I was flying over and a colleague of Mike, Mike Adams, uh, who's in the process of finishing off a book that he's writing on storytelling and sales, right? And he's been sort of saying, come on, I want you to read my book. I want you to read my book. And I said, okay, when I fly over- I'll have a read, and and I'm so glad I did. I really enjoyed this um, his take on storytelling. The guy's had a lot of selling. He's, he's been working that space of helping salespeople be better salespeople for some time now, and he has some really interesting sort of ideas. And one of them, which is really it struck me, and it was around this idea of connection stories. You know, we obviously are, you know big proponents of this idea that it's makes an enormous difference if you can share a story that helps people understand, you know, who you are and, you know, why you're there and why you do what you do, what makes you tick, why do you care, anything. All those things, all those things. And Mike in his book was sort of saying that, yeah, that's really important, especially in a selling environment. But what's more important is for the person who you're talking to, to get them to share their story back. So right. a bit of reciprocity. Reciprocity in your connection stories. And, you know, when I thought about it, in those small small numbers meetings that you might have with just a few people, it's so important to do that because that's when you start to realise that you're quite like the other person. It always happens, doesn't it? You share a story and the person you're chatting to sort of reminds them of something that happened to them. They share a story back to you and that's where the rapport starts to happen. Right, so that uh, when they share the story back, it's an, a strong indicator that you've got the connection, that you've established the connection. Exactly. I mean, clearly you can't do this when you're giving a presentation to you know 500 yeah, people. It could take a little while for it everyone to share their stories back. Happen, yes, but but in terms of you know those small group meetings, that it is absolute perfect and a great a great idea. It was a nice insight. Yeah, I agree. With that in mind, I don't even have a really great way to segue, but I'm going to just sort of say that. You have a story for us today, haven't you? I do. For everyone's repertoire, their back pocket. So give us the situation and and lay it on us. Okay. Well, this is an example of how taking a a customer perspective is really important. Right. And it's a story from a few years ago, an industrial designer called Doug Dietz working for GE Healthcare. He had a major role in designing a new MRI machine, so magnetic resonance imaging machine. They put a lot of years of work in designing this new machine and he was really proud. And when it was installed in the hospital, soon after it was installed, he went along like kind of like a proud dad to see his machine. And he goes into the room and he's looking at from his engineer's designer perspective and he's seeing this amazing thing. The machine worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was doing exactly what it had been designed to do. From the design and engineering perspective, it looked fabulous. Yeah. But what he noticed was that uh, the next patient to come in was a a little girl, seven years old, and she was terrified. Tears streaming down her face, mum and dad beside her, and with that look on their faces, just looking at each other going, how are we going to get her through this? And they're kneeling down and, and encouraging their daughter to be brave. And it's like, what is going on here? And he said that he looked around the room and he, he in fact, he knelt down to be the same height as that little girl. Oh, did he? And he right. got her perspective of the room. And what he saw was a, a big sign on the door saying, danger, danger. And all the black and red tape on the floor marking out the pathways, which looked like an accident zone. He noticed that the, the walls were painted this 
beigey, grey. The floor was kind of bleached concrete and uh, it was kind of dark and cold and forbidding looking. And of course, you've got the noise from the MRI machine as well. The hum. The hum. To the extent that uh, you wear earplugs in or or earmuffs to deaden some of the noise, it's quite a forbidding experience, particularly for a seven-year-old girl. She was terrified. She was crying. As she got closer to the machine, she got even more upset to the point where they called for a uh, physician to come and sedate her. Get out. And so they sedated her and she went through the experience. So Doug was shocked. From his design, his industrial design, his engineering perspective, he was looking and going, this looks fabulous. But he realized from a, from a seven-year-old customer's perspective, it looked terrifying. So he decided to do something about it. So Doug went and did a bit of research and he found out that many kids were sedated before going to the machine. In fact, about 80%. 80? That's oh just, God. just crazy. The customer experience feedback was very poor. Yeah. And of course, this had nothing to do with the design or functioning of the machine. It just had to do with the customer experience. So he decided to look at it from a child's perspective and, and to take a design view from that view. And he realized that they could go from being this terrifying medical procedure to an adventure. And so they basically created uh, an adventure that would be appealing, that kids would want to go on, and that sort of reduced the fear that they were feeling. Yeah, and so I'm, it, I'm sure I've used that tactic with the, <laughs> the adventure tactic. Come on, kids, we're going on an adventure. Uh-huh. It's not a walk, it's an, <laughs> an adventure. adventure. That's yeah. it. When the kids are in the preparation room, they're told they're going to go on an adventure. They're told they're going to get on a boat and so there would be, it'd be painted like a canoe and be careful not to rock the boat and there was a waterfall painted on the wall and they had uh, scents. It smelled like lavender rather than disinfectant. And yeah, right. They just made a whole bunch of important but subtle changes. Do you- do you have to be seven year old to, to take advantage of this? I think uh... I'd like to go on that experience. Yeah. And so they installed this redesigned machine and facility. An amazing thing happened. In one hospital, the number of children had to be sedated went down from 80% to less than 1%. Oh, that's which is cr- kind of crazy. That's, that's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they didn't achieve the 1% in all places, but a significant reduction. Yeah. Customer satisfaction went up by about 92%. And it's like, imagine how, like how low it must have been before, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's an important lesson that Dietz took away from that. The fact that from his perspective, from the design perspective, from a functional perspective, this machine was fantastic. Nailed it. But it was the opposite from a, from a user perspective. And so it's always important to design things from a customer perspective. That's fantastic. I love that. I know for some reason when you were talking about the canoe, it was reminding me of Knott's Berry Farm, you know, which is, of course, sort of a place with rides with canoe, sort of log rides <laughs> uh, for some reason. But anyway, uh, that's, an, that's an aside. Well, well there's yeah, canoes a, and water, so... Uh, yeah, canoes yeah. and water. But that's, yeah, that's terrific. The thing that's really jumping out for me there is just that whole idea that as soon as you shift perspective... All of a sudden, you know, a whole bunch of things can, you know, come to light for you. And for yeah. that designer, you know, he really had a, I know, a real moment where he just realised how just how far off he was. It kind of also highlights the importance of of going out into the field. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seeing how your products actually used. Yeah, yeah, it can all look very nice and shiny and and great from from the lab. Yep. But of course, it's uh, out in the real world. I wonder how many people don't do that. 
and miss out on inc- the potential for incredible insights into how their ideas or, or even their processes yeah. are being experienced by the users. Well, I've, I've seen an example of it um, probably a couple of years ago doing work for a university, speaking to a deputy vice-chancellor who was in charge of uh, sort of like academic curriculum. And I asked her, oh, so when was the last time you went down and had a look at a lecture? She'd never seen a lecture. No way. I'm thinking that's not customer, you know, sort of centric at all, is it? I had to sort of hold back my, you know. <laughs> Incredulity. Yeah, that's, that's right. But it's, that's the sort of thing which is, is a crazy thing that happens. But let's think about this story, right? Let's think about why this story works. I, you know, I love it. It sort of really grabs you. Uh, what are some of the things? I mean, the fact that it has children and children in some sort of suffering, we know, you know, from our hierarchy of stories that it's right at the top there, you know. Well, just under death, Help it's the safety of children. children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that draws us in. We want kids to be safe. We want kids to, you know, be having a good time and, and certainly not going through that sort of pain. So that jumps out for me. What about you? Well, one of the key points for me was when I first heard that story was the fact that he knelt down to take the perspective of the little girl. Right. So I can kind of picture that happening and just moving from an adult perspective to a child perspective by the simple act of kneeling down. So he was literally taking a customer perspective. Literally, yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I think too that just the, again, you know, having data, the specific facts in there. But what I think is nice there is that there is contrast, you know. So we went from 80% sedation to 1%. We went from, you know, obviously very low customer set to increase up to over 90. Things like that, especially when they're so contrasting. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of shocking in some ways. You yes. sort of hear that and you go, oh my God, that's just a phenomenal change. Also the contrast between the engineer perspective and the user perspective. Right, right, exactly, yes. And humans love contrast. It's it's the way in which we uh, work out what we have to attend to. You know, think from an evolutionary perspective, we're actually very attuned to movement. Mm-hmm. And so I, and maybe that's got to do, you know, the kneeling down, anything that you can see movement, because we worked out over, you know, millennia that moving things you have to quickly work out are they dangerous or are they you know safe and you know so we're very good our eyes have evolved to be able to do that that's why those games that you have in the newspaper where they have two scenes and they're exactly the same and you have to work out what's different yep it's hard to do because the thing that's different is not moving for you be a totally different thing if Wally was moving around. <laughs> Where is he? Where, Where is, is he? Um, other things about that story that work, I guess the fact that uh, G Healthcare, big company, everyone's heard of it, so it's kind of relatable. Yes, yes. Um, yep. Also that a lot of people will have, uh, well, most people will have been to a hospital either as a patient or a visitor and so kind of familiar Very with, familiar with, with that feel of a hospital. Maybe even that experience of an MRI. Well, exactly, exactly, yeah, because so. that's not an uncommon experience these no, days. So no. people can uh, imagine themselves in that situation. So it's relatable. I think there's, there's some strong emotions in that story as well, right? So with the, the little parents, girl crying, yeah, and the parents, and mm-hmm. just that. Oh no, you sort of, your heart goes out to them that any person has to get their kids to do something that they don't want to do, especially when it's where they're scared like that. That's tough for parents, right? So you can feel that. Uh, Yeah, so some terrific elements to that story, right? Yeah, so it's got lots of things about it that work. So using that story, how will we use that story in a business situation? Mm. I guess 
the one that first jumps out for me is anytime you're doing a design activity, whether it's designing a product or a process or a service, it's about getting the people to think from a you know a, a user or customer's perspective, and you can tell that story to sort of see look how easy it is to get it wrong, especially say if you're working with a group of scientists or engineers and and they want to get the the system perfect, you know they're building the next big machine. That would be a great thing to um, to tell just to get them to shift perspective. I've been thinking, or oh, there's been several examples in the last few months where I've been involved with people who are designing processes. And it always kind of scares me that people design processes at their desk rather than going out there and experiencing the world as a user does. So I would use that story to encourage people to get out there and look at things from the user perspective at the coalface, at the point of use, because it might give tremendous insights into both how the things should be designed and uh, some of the, the traps and potential pitfalls that need to be avoided. Yeah, the practicalities yeah. of the situation. Yeah, I you know I can see that's that would that would actually make a big difference. I you know I'm thinking too that just in terms of things that could be added to that story, if we knew the types of dollars involved, I think that would actually if you had a real business hard headed business mm-hmm. user that you're trying to persuade around uh, the importance of adding the aesthetic or the the beauty elements, we we know is vitally important in in great product design. But sometimes they need to hear, you know, the advantages and, you know, the, the value that you actually bring when you do those sort of things. And, of course, now that you mention that, one of, in doing my reading up around that story, yep. there was a whole bunch of additional benefits that came beyond customer satisfaction and reduced the need for children to be anaesthetized. So advantages like they didn't need extra doctors to do the, the sedation right, of the kids. Right, right. Yeah, okay. That's Saving an expensive training. thing. Yep. They could get people through the machine faster. So there was high utilisation of the machine. So so those sorts of things could be added into the story if you thought that you might be discussing or using the story with somebody who had that very strong um, economic rationalist view of what you were proposing. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, look, I think the other thing that is becoming a bit of a trend now. Like when we do a lot of work helping people tell the story of their strategy and the number of times we've seen one of the strategic choices being putting your customer at the centre of everything you do. You know, you, you would be doing well if you got a few dollars each time you saw that, right? And But I think this story is quite a good one to sort of say, okay, this is what it looks like. What does it mean? Exactly. I'm casting my mind back over the last couple of years. I can't think of a single strategy that I've seen that does not have customer centricity or some variant yes. as one of the key elements of the strategy. I tell you what, you know, a bit like when we were talking to Jerry Lynch, though, I think those companies should also be able to find their own customer centricity. I mean, it's great to tell a, mm-hmm. you know, a GE story to get them going, but they need to quickly find their own because I have to say I'm not 100% a believer in this and people just saying that they have customer centricity. You know, I've seen executives roll their eyes at the thought, even though that's the company strategy. So uh, it makes me feel that um, there's some work to be done there. Yeah, yeah. Words rather than beliefs. Yeah, and action. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that sort of gives us a pretty good idea of some ways in which you, to use that that story. And one more, I think, that yeah. uh, is worth noting is anytime you want somebody to think differently. Right, yes. You yeah. could use this as you an example. You want that creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even just to change their mind. 
and you could, and of course, you tell the story differently. Yep. You know, from the perspective that that Doug was really proud. It was a fantastic machine. The functional results were fantastic. Everything was working fine. But there's times where you need to think differently because the customer experience is the opposite. So many times, people you want people to get out of a rut to think differently, and I think this story could be used uh, in those circumstances mm. as well. Fantastic. Well, okay, I think that's pretty well wraps it up for us. Is there anything we need to uh, cover off on before we finish up? I would just remind everybody that if you like the podcast, please give us a rating on uh, uh, iTunes or whatever app you use. And it just helps other people find the podcast and build everybody's story repertoire. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for listening to uh, Anecdotally Speaking. It's great to have you along today. Tune in next week. And we'll have yet another episode of how you help put stories to work. Bye for now. Doomed. Doomed.